Everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Game Dev's Quest, your once weekly podcast chronicling two game dev scrubs into game devdom. If we can do it, you can too. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. Hey guys, what's up? And this is going to be a special episode. Uh, we it, Today, currently, it is Monday the 19th. Mm-hmm. And that means that you just got our brand new episode of Game Dev's Quest. Game Dev's Quest episode 53 called... Something business. starting a business, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Taylor's schedule has changed. Yeah, and because we're so accommodating and so flexible and so awesome, we were just like, "Hey, let's stop recording on Fridays, like we've been doing for a year." Yeah. Isn't that boring? <laughs> a year. By the way, episode fifty-three marks the the passing of the one year oh, anniversary yeah. of Game Dev's uh, Quest. Uh, so. Uh. Let's go ahead and give it a little clap. All right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, now man. that that's over with, we decided to shake things up. Uh, I'm still recording from the floor of my living room, and I'm sure Taylor's still in his office. I can't yep. see him right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. But uh, but it's Monday. It's going to be it's weird, Monday dude. morning. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's like, well, it, this is going to be a weird episode because we recorded two days ago. Uh, but we have to, in order to keep current and, and give you guys another episode next week, we have to record. Right. We have to do it this way. So, but, but some of you, some of you dudes from the very beginning, remember when we were weeks in advance of recording. <laughs> right? So, like, really, we're not <laughs> changing the formula too much here. No. Yeah, should be good though. I'm excited. Well, it's gonna be weird not going to work because uh, my my schedule used to be uh, Sunday through Thursday, and now it's uh, Tuesday through Saturday. So that's going to be so you weird. Have Sunday and Monday off now. Yeah. Personally, if I had to choose a weekend between Friday and Saturday or Sunday and Monday, I choose Sunday and Monday every time. Really? Yeah. Why is yeah, that? Because uh, things are less busy. Yeah. So let's say you need to go to the grocery store. Well, you go on Monday. True. Uh, hello. Nobody's in the grocery store on Monday morning. Yeah, logistically, I think it makes a lot of sense. The only crappy part is that I don't have a Friday night, and Saturday nights are kind of, like, I can do stuff, but since most of my friends live a ways away and I get off work, like, I don't get home until close to six, that means Mm -hmm. if I want to go do something with friends, by the time I'm off work and, like, make it all the way up to Salem or wherever, it's, like, you know, seven to eight o'clock. So yeah, it kind of makes it so I don't really have weekend nights. But I mean, let's be honest here. I don't do anything. I was going to say, <laughs> I stay like, home. what were you doing before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but like, um, yeah, like, you know, you were talking about having having a poker game next weekend and stuff. And it's like, well, I can make it maybe. But that means yeah. I won't get there until super late, which kind of sucks. So, I don't well, know. Well, it's no big deal, man. We're not starting until 7. So. Yeah. For sure. Um, come if you want, man. It's just kind of open. We're playing cash game. Yeah. And uh, I've pretty much just put the invite out to, you know, all the all the regulars and some mm-hmm. extras. And if more than enough people show up, we just pull out another table and yep. and we'll divvy it up that way. Beauty of cash game. Yeah. So. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So that'll be interesting. Uh, it was kind of nice because this week I got a four-day weekend just because they overlap. With how mm-hmm. the schedule changes. Like when I went the other way, when I started, I worked Monday through Friday for a couple of weeks and then I had to switch and that meant I only had a one day weekend one day. Um, or or like it somehow translates to like a 10 day work week. Yeah, I was worried about that happening. Yeah, so I got lucky and, and got the four day weekend, which was nice because like we talked about last time, I really hadn't been sleeping very well and I made it a priority this weekend to sleep in (laughs) and i still got woken up a lot by my cats but you know alia got up probably like 7 38 o'clock uh the last two mornings and i slept until like nine and it was glorious yeah it felt so good i took a nap one day um so i'm feeling a little more rejuvenated and 
I mean, I guess before the podcast started, you said I sound really pessimistic, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm feeling yeah, pretty you, good. You sound a little cranky there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, poor Tewu. <laughs> yeah, like we're talking about uh, the Blazers, and he's just like, yeah, but they never win. So what the fuck does it even matter? I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I know, but you may as well have that. Uh, was like the tone. Well, I was dude, like, okay, damn, son. <laughs> like the Blazers never win. Why is that a point of contention? We've talked about this before, but damn, Oregon sports. Like we just don't. Unless you're an Oregon State baseball fan, like we don't have a lot of like championship teams. You know, even when we make it like just just right there we always seem to mess up you know but dude though like that's a, that's think a, about all of the other <laughs> states that don't have shit for teams either you know, I know like, it's true i mean we're pretty i i've always thought that Por- portland the blazers in particular one of the more dynamic and you know what this is extraordinarily sexist taylor you're not considering the lady thorns uh no. soccer okay. team well, hey, if you want to say that, I was watching some Oregon bas- or women's Oregon's women basketball last night, and they freaking crushed. It was awesome. Nice. They scored. See? They scored over a hundred points last night, and like everything they did was just dropping. It was crazy. Nice. <laughs> and the crazy thing was, they were. It was like a really close game in the first half. I think they went into halftime with like a four or six point lead, and they then they beat them by like forty. <laughs> Taylor, didn't we just get done with a conversation where you said you haven't watched any basketball this year? <laughs> well, I said I watched hardly any. That That's coming from okay. last year where I went to like half the games, the half the Oregon games, and watched every single minute of every game. So yeah. this year I watched maybe like all together for, for men's uh, basketball for U of O, I probably watched a full game, you know, like snippets yeah. of probably like seven games, you know. Yeah, so, and I don't want to say I'm a fair weather fan because I don't say that I am. Like I, I typically like <laughs> I don't want to say it because I don't say it. <laughs> well, okay, that was bad. I okay, so the year that Oregon went four and eight uh, in football a couple years ago, after Mark or before Mark Helfrich got fired, I watched every minute of every game that season too, and it was yeah. terrible. But yeah, I you know with game dev going on now. I have to pick my priorities and like what I rather watch, you know, a fairly, <laughs> fairly standard season or like, you know, spend more time on game dev. And right now the priority is game dev. So yeah, man, well, you got to do Well, you got to do what you got to do. I know. And I'm, I'm gonna... I personally think I've always thought watching sports is like kind of a waste of time. I yeah. always feel like I could be doing something better. And don't get me wrong. Like I like sports, but the, like, <clears throat> you know, watching them just doesn't activate like the same thing in me that it does for other people. Yeah, it definitely can be exciting. And yeah, no like, doubt. Like when you so last season when the Ducks made it to the final four and I watched every game. Like it yeah, was exciting because I knew off. the players and like yeah, yeah. all you that kind of the stuff. Narrative. Yeah, I had the whole narrative, and it was like pretty cool to see them go all the way, like almost all the way. Um, yeah, but I don't know. There's there's so much time invested in doing that. It's kind of kind of yeah. crazy when you think about it. Well, that's why what I do. It's like the most I do to imbibe sports. I mean, other than like just checking scores and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And I got my Google cards. They yeah, tell me the right. they tell me the teams I'm interested in, mm-hmm. but sometimes I listen to the Blazers on the radio. Oh yeah, and that's dude. I mean Brian <laughs> Wheeler, dude. He makes it more exciting than actually being in the fucking stadium, dude. It's like <laughs> I always kind of compare him to like listening to Toby Wan. Um, oh yeah, from the Dota two casting a Dota game, dude. Yeah, because I used to listen to the International, which yeah. was you guys don't know. It's like the Dota two championships basically the world championships mm-hmm. and i used to listen to that the just the audio stream because you know when i was getting into that twitch hadn't had just the audio stream option so some guy made a tool that pulled only the audio from all of these different streams and you had to listen to it through his like little web app <laughs> <laughs> and that way you know you could stream it on your phone and it wouldn't just devour your freaking data right away. Oh, right. I gotcha. 
And yeah. I followed every EG game, Evil Geniuses, which was like the one North American team being yeah. represented. And that was the freaking year that they won. <laughs> and, you know, it was so cool. And just like li- being at work and like listening to the games. And obviously, like Dota is a little bit more complicated than basketball is. But, <laughs> man, just listening to it, it Toby Wan painted like such a great picture of everything yeah. that was happening. And I remember getting Kane to listen because I was like, dude, this guy reminds me of Wheeler. And he listened to it and he's like, what the hell? He's like, I don't understand anything that's happening, but I want to just because this guy is like, you yeah. know, he's so excited about everything. Yeah. Well, that that's what's so funny. Like, imagine watching these sports before, uh, before announcers. How, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess when you go to it live, you still kind of get the gist of it. But they have they have people there that still kind of announce, you know, which yeah. makes it a little more exciting. But if you just had like no context the whole time, and it's just like you just hear the the ball like dribbling, <laughs> yeah, like shoot, you hear that, you hear the shot hear clock the, go off, or you hear the squeaks of the shoes on yeah. the floor. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like okay, I feel yeah. like what was it that I watched? Uh, recently where it was kind of like that maybe maybe it's the olympics i don't know where sometimes it's just like there's nobody there you're like oh this is actually kind of you know what sad. i found out is <laughs> when you when you watch golf on tv uh-huh and they have the sounds of nature birds oh, it singing fake? things like yeah they're fake yeah it doesn't yeah, surprise me because they found out they were doing ratings that people didn't like listening to nothing while yeah. stuff was happening <laughs> well half and so the they time, had like birds chirping and stuff yeah i feel like half the time because my dad watches golf non-stop and half the time <laughs> when i watch golf with him it's just the sound of like a plane flying overhead <laughs> it's like okay cool <laughs> uh, yeah that's funny anyways so uh something we didn't talk about last friday and I'll just touch on it a little briefly, but I, uh, um, today I'm currently on day, uh, I guess it is. Yeah. I guess today would be day seven of 30 days of yoga with mm. Adrian. Yeah. And yeah, Taylor kind of is the one who put me onto that. And we've talked before about this on the podcast. You know, I've, I've kind of followed along with some poses just to see what it was all about, but this is the first time I've actually like really attempted to try and make you know, kind of a routine out of yoga. Mm-hmm. And dude, I have a freaking whole newfound, re- like you watch it and you're like, what is this? <laughs> what is this bullshit? <laughs> and then you do it and you're like, Oh God, <laughs> I know. Really? Oh. I have to hold this post for even longer. <laughs> well, and then she does the bullshit thing that it's like, you know, you're doing something hard. She goes, okay, you're almost done. And then she's like, all right, we're going to do one more. And you're like, no, you said we were done. <laughs> Yeah, you're just waiting for what? What's the last thing she says? Savasaya or something like that. You're like, oh, just please, yeah. please give me a savasaya or whatever. The corpse pose, yeah. <laughs> or, or you just like lay on the ground and and just lay there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't that what they call it? The savasaya. That's the corpse pose. Yeah, something like that. I had them, I had them down when I was doing it more regularly, but. Now I can't hardly remember it. Well, okay, so you know what the crazy thing is? I one time she has this one series called uh, Yoga for Busy People, and yeah. it's basically like the Thirty Days of Yoga one, except for you're like going super fast between poses and stuff. Like normally she's like, okay, walk your now hands walk over your here. hands up, or yeah, or if you prefer. Uh, for a little more challenge, you can jump back or what? You know, you got tons but, of options. I yeah. love options. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in this one, she's just like blitzing through it, and like she did some poses that were ridiculous, like standing on one foot, then doing like a table with your back and holding your arms forward and your leg all the way out. Like I could hardly do that. It's yeah, some, it's some of that stuff is crazy. Well, dude, yeah. And then just seeing how she like folds up like a pretzel too. Yeah. It's like, because there's, because it's like, you know, I'm looking at myself and then I'm trying to look at her to make sure I have like the angles right and the shapes right and yeah. my placements of things right. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't think men's hips allow me to do God, that. I know. I'm but... not flexible at all. So I run into that all the time. Even like when, when she, uh, has you kind of sit on the ground with like your toes on the ground and your knees on the ground and then you put your butt on your feet 
Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, like the child's pose type stuff. Yeah, I I don't know what it's called exactly, but it's like holy crap, dude! My feet. Yeah. This is stretching my feet like I've never felt before. Yeah, and that's what I was saying earlier off mic is like my feet just you know they're kind of sore, but they feel just so much better. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of why I decided to do it. And I don't know if I've ever bitched about this on the podcast before, but no, I think I did. Yeah, we were talking about cross country once. I tweaked my back really bad. And we were on the other side of the Abbey when we were running, and it must have been my senior year. And I accidentally stepped off the road when I wasn't looking. And it sucks because I was, this was probably the best that I ever felt when going on like a more than six mile practice run. And we were on the other side of the Abbey, and I stepped off the road without looking and just pulled my back. Uh. And I pretty much had no option but to finish the run. And I'm glad I did. I kept the blood moving. I think it made it the injury way less severe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I finished the run. But from then on, dude, I've had really bad back pain. And not all the time. It's just de- every once in a while when it flares up. But it's in the same spot all the time. And so I wanted to get back into some sort of exercise routine because it's been so bad lately that I can't sleep. And so I kind of came on to... I just decided to do yoga because I was listening to Joe Rogan the other week and or the other day and he does yoga all the time except that you know he's into the, like the hot yoga stuff you go in and it's like 110 degrees in there oh, and geez. you do 90 minutes of yoga <laughs> <clears throat> and anyway I decided to do it because of that and my back just feels so much better that's awesome dude yeah. It still hurts for sure, but yeah, it's I mean, becoming better. Well, in a way, it's basically doing physical therapy for your muscles. You know, it is. Yeah. And in fact, one of the one of the poses that she really walks people through at uh, at the beginning of a bunch of her videos so far is the same stretch that Coach Richie taught me to do for my back. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna this is gonna <laughs> work for me." I think yeah. So. Yeah, it's great. I need to get back in the habit when when the new year rolled around. I was doing yoga every day for a couple weeks, and I definitely felt pretty good. It's just one of those things. I think if you like doing TV exercises, mm-hmm. because it's there at your fingertips at any point, you're for me it feels like more more likely that I won't do it just because it's like. I ha- I have the option at any point to just not do it. You know right. what I mean? So, I need to get back in the habit of doing that and I don't know. It's definitely good. I want to become more flexible too because you know, oftentimes when you hear about old people getting hurt, I feel like it could they could avoid a lot of that stuff just by having flexibility. Yeah, and just yeah, I can yeah, and I, I think just having taken better care of themselves too when they're younger, right? Well, and yoga is a big part of that. And I think we we have a better understanding of the benefits of yoga than we did when when these old people were young. Yeah, <laughs> but, true. Yeah, true. Um, so Alia, you know, she studies human physiology, and um, part of her studies involve weekly seminars with professionals. Um, and this guy came by the other day and, and gave a talk and he was, he was talking about foot injuries basically. Um, but one thing that I thought was really interesting that Alia told me was he gave an analogy of, um, exercise essentially being like a 401k plan. Like the more you yeah. exercise when you're young, you're investing in the future for yourself, yeah. you know, because like right now, you know, we're young we're mostly abled, you know, still. So it's easy to just kind of like not care. Be like, oh, you know, I'm yeah. younger, whatever. Things things are good. I, I don't need to work out. I'd rather play video games or work on this thing or whatever. But sooner or later, and I feel like I'm, I'm starting to um, feel kind of the side effects a little bit of getting older. Like I'm definitely not as as fit, as flexible, as uh, whatever, in shape uh, as I used to be. And 
it's one of those things where you have to start making it a priority. Otherwise, like the older you get, the harder it's going to be to get back into it. So I thought that was kind of a cool analogy. Like start investing now. All you got to start doing is like make some time every week to invest in your body, you know? Yeah. So anyways, and you always hear about like, you know, with enjoy game dev and everything, you always hear about making sure you spend that time staying healthy. It's just, uh, you well, gotta make that that's a... overlooked. <clears throat> oh yeah. Cause it's so easy to, to not do it. And I think the reason, I think part of the reason it's so important that people reiterate it over and over and over, especially in this industry is that there's a perception that game devs and even let's just say like esports athletes, even mm-hmm. that they're all just fat, lazy slobs who sit behind their computer and eat Doritos all day. Right. And the truth is that's just not always the case. I mean, a lot of these people take very good care of themselves. And so if you're coming into it and you have that negative perception, I think you need to be reminded that no, a lot of these people take care of themselves and you have to, because no one is going to take care of you. You got to do it. You know, you got to take the time and you got to make sure that, you know, you're eating right. If you can, you're exercising, if you can, and all of these things, I mean, the the science is out there. It contributes to healthy brain function. It helps you do your job better. You're going to last longer. You're going to live longer. Right. You know, but I, do I don't think begrudge a- anybody a bag of Doritos. I mean, I just ate like half a bag of salt and vinegar <laughs> lay chips last night. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But I do think it's good to, to get that reminder, um, you know, multiple times a, yeah. a year, if not more. All the time. I think people need to hear yeah. it all the time. Like, cause it's just something you need to, you need to plan for. And I, I fall into the habit of not working out all the time. So Allie yeah. is always having to be like on my case about it. Cause I'm just, I don't have a lot of time and I don't want to really spend it doing something I don't really enjoy, but. Well, and you have the added benefit of looking great despite, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, not working out and everything. So uh, I do. Okay. I feel like I work out enough. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I work out, I would say on average for for an entire year, I would probably say I work out two to three times a week, which is probably better than a lot of people. Better than average, yeah. But at the same time, I don't feel like it's enough because I'm not actually seeing any type of gains, you know? Well, if you want gains, then that's that's different. That's like, well, and I don't mean gains in terms of change. Yeah, I, I don't mean gains in terms of like adding muscle and uh, whatever. I was going to say, yeah, you're going to have to like get some freaking protein pills or something. No, I don't <laughs> care about like getting swole. I just, I want to, most of what I'm talking about with gains is just feeling better. You know, getting, mm. on, getting on the treadmill and running for 20 or 30 minutes and not like feeling like crap. <laughs> and sometimes I, sometimes I get on the treadmill and I run and I just get in a rhythm and I'm like, oh dude, this... I felt great. I'm really glad I did that, you know? And then other times I'm like, holy crap, I was having a hell of a time getting through that one. Uh, I'm yeah. always glad I did it when I'm done. But then it, you, th- I think about how many times I, I have a, a really good feeling run versus how many times feel terrible. And it's like a lot to a little, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, then- think, I think attitude going into it ha- has a huge impact on how you feel. Yeah, too. I agree. I recall several times where I went to go run for cross country practice or go hit the gym or something. And I just, I didn't want to be there at all. Mm -hmm. And the first, you know, 45 minutes were a night, uh, excuse me. They're just a nightmare. And I felt like shit and I'm just drenching sweat down my body. And I, I look disgusting and I feel disgusting and then I look at the clock and it's like, ah, oh, I got about 15 minutes till I'm done. And then I perk up and the last 15 minutes, it's like, hey, you're feeling really good, buddy. You're doing great. You know, it's like, since I knew that yeah. the end was near, right. my body responded and then I felt better. And I've had that happen a bunch of times. Or, you know, you go into the exercise and you're already feeling good. It's going to feel good the whole time. But, man, I've just noticed the opposite, too. It's, mm-hmm. ah, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. And then the exercise is harder and more sluggish, everything about it just reflects my attitude. 
Yeah. I think what you got to do, it's like anything else where you have to like overcome that hurdle initially and get into a consistent groove. And then once you hit that, that consistent groove of, of feeling pretty good, it becomes addicting. And then you don't want to miss a day. And I've definitely been in those periods where I've worked out, you know, like four to seven days a week for months and you don't yeah. want to miss because you feel like you're looking good, you're feeling good, you know, it feels good to go work out and push your body and whatever. But then as soon as you slip up for just a little bit, it, it amazes me how fast it all goes away. <laughs> yeah. That's that circle of guilt we've talked about before. Yeah. And that's why I think it's why certain dieting fads are really hard to keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's not to say that you know, veganism isn't the way for people, but I yeah. think a lot of people want to get into veganism and they want to get into something and they dip a toe in and they start going and a month in or two months in, they slip up or they forget yeah. while they're at a party or something right. well, and then it just collapses around their ears. Yeah. I don't know if if I've specifically talked about it on the podcast that me and Allie are, are transitioning yeah. to, to try full on veganism. Yeah, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, which is why I brought it up. It is definitely hard. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but hey, I, if you're ever really hungry, dude, you can just go eat a whole box of Oreos. <laughs> yeah, right. That I mean, so that's the thing. Like everything, like 95% of what's out there has animal product in it. Yeah. And it's really hard to – well, so like this weekend – and this has happened a couple times where – in Eugene, we have a Whole Foods. We have um, another place called Market of Choice, and they have a lot of a lot more of vegan stuff. But mm. it just is infuriating how much more expensive it is for things. Like, and of and of course, like most of that kind of stuff is substitutes, right? Yeah. Like, for instance, uh, vegan mac and cheese. It's not cheese. They do like something that tastes similar to that, but it's with like roots and stuff like that like you look at a box of that and we bought this box this last weekend that was it's small you know it's like the, your normal like uh craft box of mac and cheese um no, no like deluxe or anything it's like almost four dollars and then you look at the like craft ones it's like 89 cents you're just like oh yeah. god so infuriating yeah. um but I don't know. For me, being like growing up as a really picky eater, anyways, and not really being that into vegetables, <laughs> it's been really hard. Um, and it and it kind of pisses me off that I need these like luxuries. Like me and Alia got some uh, different types of cheese, you know, that uh, tastes really good, but it's like ten slices for like four fifty or something. You're just like, God, this sucks. Like what I really need to do is get past the point where I feel like I crave these things. And then like if you go with fresh food, it's a lot cheaper because it's, you know, not just vegans eat fresh food, fresh produce and everything, you know? Yeah. But I've been struggling hard. Like we've had multiple experiences where we go to like Market of Choice or Whole Foods or whatever and Allie is all excited to like show me some of the options that they have. And I go there and I, apparently I just get really cranky (laughs) Yeah, because it's so annoying to like, if I want to actually like half the time, what happens is I look at something, I'm like, Oh, I think this is probably vegan and this looks really tasty. And then I look at the ingredients and they have, it's like contains milk or egg product or whatever. And it's like, well, screw me. Like I got to put this back, you know? And that puts me in a bad mood. It's like, I actually wanted to eat that thing. But now I can't, you know, and then, yeah. and then just the whole price difference is infuriating, but you know what? Uh, I actually, it, I, it's causing my weight to not fluctuate so much. I'm eating much less, which is really good. Um, and like, so I, I feel like obviously like I need to exercise more, but I feel like just by being going vegan i'm eating healthier by default so i end up like not having so much 
fat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so overall, <laughs> like it's been good. It's just hard because my palate craves these things that I've, that I haven't eaten in a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's so. supposedly lots of other health benefits that are tied to veganism, but it's funny because I see these diehard vegans and it's the only reason I brought up the Oreos is because they have all these workarounds where I knew this guy who went, well, when he couldn't figure out what to have for a vegan dinner, he literally ate a box of Oreos <laughs> because they're vegan. Yeah. <laughs> they're advertised as a vegan product. That's and, interesting. Uh, you know, and Kurt, when Kurt did the PCT, most of his calories came from Sour Patch Kids, which, yeah. you know. He's on the trail. He has to have calories, no doubt. Right. And right. what better than, you know, candy? <laughs> <laughs> right. But <clears throat> yeah, it is amazing how much just I, – I think when a lot of people are really concerned about their health and about their, um, let's say, their physique or whatever, they focus too much on exercise and not enough on diet. I, right. I think it's about 90% diet and 10% exercise. Mm -hmm. And I'm not an expert by any means, um, but I've – this is something that I have looked a lot into because – um, because I was for a while trying to find the optimal diet for my body. And so I tried a couple different things and, you know, I cut, I cut sugar completely out of my diet for a while and, you know, I lost 30 pounds. Yeah. Um, and that was just from changing my diet, probably eating, um, the same amount of food as I normally would have. And I, it's not like I was ever hungry. But by cutting refined sugar and a lot of like really carb rich foods out, like bread mm -hmm. and other grains, just plummeted my weight. And also, I just my my mind felt so clear, yeah. so unfoggy. You know, you have those days you come home from work and you're like, oh, all I wanted to do is that thing I was dreaming about all day while I was in the office. And now I'm home, but I'm too tired to do it. And I can't think straight. I'm just going to sit here and zone out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that just didn't exist when I was doing it. And working out felt better and all sorts of things just flowed better. And I think mm -hmm. it's, you know, <clears throat> I was on a fat rich diet with no sugar. And you just clear that. I mean, sugar is just so bad for you. Yeah, it is. It's so bad for you. Um, it tastes great. makes things <laughs> really tasty. But it's in everything, too. Just like you were saying, the animal products are, man. Yeah, it's sugar like, <clears throat> and animal products. I could, like, man, I remember trying to buy some broth. Some, like, organic vegetable broth or something. Mm -hmm. Add fucking <laughs> sugar put in it. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I know, Bread, man. sugar's in it. Milk, right. sugar's in it. Well, that's why, like, if you ever try to make different types of food, like, from scratch on your own, I always find that, well, not always, but most of the time, I can never make it as good as the restaurant. And I think there's, there's a lot no of, yeah, I was going to say, I think there's a lot of variables that go into that, like, different types of cooking utensils and stuff. Like, we try to make Thai food all the time, but we don't have, like, an open flame uh, yeah. stove, you know, where you've got a huge wok and you're able to, like just heat things up really quickly or whatever, which doesn't help. But also, God, yeah, sugar. <laughs> and <clears throat> I always feel like it's other stuff too. Like one thing that a lot of places do that, I mean, dude, cooking stuff in lard yeah, or like in real butter makes mm -hmm. a huge fucking difference. Right. And people are like, well, I'm going to use vegetable spread. It's like, you're not going to get the same fucking taste, I'll tell you that much. It's like people who try to put vegetable spread and mac and cheese, you know, the craft stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you want to like mama used to make, you put butter in that shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, well, we we switched um, to cooking with coconut oil for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Damn, coconut oil is tasty. I really like it. Yeah, and it's good for you too. Yeah. There were some conflicting studies that came out for a while by some, like, cardiologists that were saying, like, it's so bad for your heart. But then a bunch of other cardiologists came out and were like, no, it's good. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just... See, when I, was, when I was doing paleo for a while, which is one of the diets that I had tried, um, they recommend using coconut oil for so much shit. And this is actually what I was going to talk about before is that... Because you were talking about substitutes for things. Yeah. And that's one thing I never quite understood when I was, I mean, and obviously, obviously paleo is quite a bit different than veganism, right? Because it involves a lot of animal products. Mm -hmm. um, but there, but there's no processed foods allowed. Right. You know, there's no, you can't even have rice. Yeah. You know? 
no beans, no nut, um, no peanuts, things like that. Right. Um, but people were all about the substitutes, you know. And one of the things, man, they're like baking cookies or cakes, and they're using all this coconut oil and all this stuff. And I just remember being like, coconut oil, like. How did the cavemen have that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I never quite got into it, but man, they have a substitute for everything. And I just yeah. remember being like, I don't need this. I don't want this. But apparently for other people, that's like such a huge part of it, right? They want the comfort of right. having what they perceive as like a regular meal. But for me, I was okay, you know, having bacon and eggs for breakfast mm-hmm. and then having a bunch of grilled vegetables and like a small cut of meat for dinner. You know, I just ate freaking grilled vegetables nonstop. (laughs) (laughs) That's like all my diet was, was grilled vegetables. And then lots and lots of avocados and lots of raw fruit and raw vegetables and lots of, I did like skewers all the time, broccoli and, uh, and pineapple and, carrots and all sort and oh man i ate beets and stuff just so much yeah. just regular old stuff and i never well, felt like i needed you know i mean i, I think, don't begrudge you but no i think that that's kind of like the ultimate goal is to just get back to kind of the natural stuff like eating eating naturals that for vegans aren't meat you know so mm-hmm. like really eating a lot more of like i said like fresh produce and fruits and all that kind of stuff um lots of nuts um yeah you know stuff like that uh is is where we should be like i actually think i'm a pretty bad vegan (laughs) but i don't know i think it's part of a growing experience like we gradually went into becoming vegetarians and now we're kind of gradually going into yeah, um, I mean, you survived Japan as a vegetarian, so time to time to take it to the next level. <laughs> right, I know, I guess. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, it definitely is uh, makes my conscience feel a little better. That's um, good. So, yeah, I, that was the one argument I got in a lot when I was on paleo. Was people were like, "How? But you eat all this meat and blah blah blah." It's like, yeah, but we also buy our meat from a guy down the road who raises it in his freaking backyard. <laughs> you know, it's like I know yeah. where it's coming from, right? And it's like. They're humanely treated animals and they're grass fed instead of grain fed. Mm-hmm. They have a way better rich diet and all this stuff. They're not just pumped full of antibiotics and Yeah. See that's and all the, this st- That's the thing. Like I've known plenty of vegetarians who um well, they're basically vegetarians unless they're at home where they can choose where their meat comes from. Flexitarian. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh I mean, I have a lot more respect for that because, like you said, you know how the animal's been treated. It's not, like, in some tiny little pen. Right. Like, And plus, it... you can't buy meat from the store without sugar in it. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the circle of food or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, that was a long... A long tangent. Tangent about food. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, guys, we encourage you, do whatever you think's best. Don't don't change your habits to follow some fad. Right. If you want to feel better about where your meal's coming from, do some research. And if veganism is the way to go, then do it. I mean, I know a lot of people who do it who are very happy. Um, mm-hmm. I personally, I, I, this might make me sound like a monster, but I don't, I, for me... <laughs> The best argument about veganism comes only from the environmental standpoint. Um, you know, I do agree that, like, we treat animals pretty inhumanely, especially in factory farms and stuff like that. Um, you know, when you got freaking gigantic-ass slaughterhouses and you put these things on conveyor belts or you pack chickens into these close quarters. Yeah, I agree with that. But, um, you know, I don't begrudge anybody who wants to eat meat. You know, veganism is always vegans. A lot of them take it to the next level. And they're like, well, you can't hunt. You can't do all this stuff. And it's like, well, hunting is a little bit more ethical, I think, than putting 100 <laughs> cows on a conveyor belt and fucking slaughtering them. They yeah. come out the other side already prepackaged and fucking spam or whatever. And then the listener's like, but Rhett, spam's not made out of beef. In which case I say, I know. I'm trying to make a point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't really want to go down that that rabbit hole just because i don't like i don't want to be you, you always hear this 
kind of negative connotation that's associated with vegans because oh yeah i have a bunch of stand-up jokes about vegans yeah well because (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know which i easy targets oh yeah people the 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 thing is is I I have a joke well, about a Starbucks barista you know it's like we don't give a fuck how vegan your latte is <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? it's and it's because um people don't just like every fucking fad they get into and it's like well I'm vegan it's like we know yeah. bitch we know <laughs> yeah I don't <laughs> like, want to be have like to that tell you about it yeah I don't want to be like that people don't no. want to hear things that make them You're feel bad like about. That about what they're doing and yeah. if they're okay with it like it's not really for me to tell you how to do, how to live your life but yeah i know yeah i can go it's, down a different rabbit hole and say other things but that's people are sensitive and the yeah, truth oh, is yeah. though if it makes you feel better and it makes you feel like you're removing your um you know your money and your yeah i'm voting with my dollars yeah exactly I don't, exactly i don't want to support things that i think are unethical so exactly and see and that's a great way of putting it but when people they always go like for the emotional argument but if you just say no it's just i'm voting with my money it's like Mm -hmm. oh okay (laughs) all of a sudden there's (laughs) this like sensible fucking thing behind it where people can rationalize it yeah for me it's the environmental impact of these types of things like the amount of greenhouse gas that is formed trying to like cultivate 100 pounds of beef is just ridiculous Mm -hmm. well yeah we can go down to uh, what we talked about in Sapiens and how I feel about that. I mean, yeah. humans are ruthless and horrible things. Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, and they're Every- finding out, though. They are, there is science out there right now, though, too, that says that plants know when they're being eaten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Isn't that fucked up? <laughs> yeah. I guess we should just all kill ourselves. No, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> Uh, I just, I think it's just funny because the science has come out that there's two sides of the coin. You know, it's like animals obviously know when they're getting eaten, and that's that's the difference, part of it. though, right? Is that um, plants don't have a nervous system? Well, that they don't experience pain in the way that we can understand it scientifically yet. But ten years ago, we would have, <laughs> you would have bet money that there's no way a plant could have been aware of when it was being eaten, right? Like, what constitutes the awareness of a plant? What constitutes right. the self it doesn't have a plant? Yeah. And they're That's... finding out that there's these rich communication networks that they have that are these symbiotic systems developed by like fungus underground and all of these mm-hmm. things and and yeah. that they have an awareness of when they're being destroyed and when they're being eaten by animals and all of these things. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Ten years from now they might say like plants can feel pain, but Maybe. in the meantime. Yeah. I mean, I but guess then what then, you do, like, you don't change that, your diet from that. Like, we have to eat. Sorry, guys. This is this, <laughs> this is the cost of living in the circle of life. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think I mentioned that we've been watching Blue Planet on the last mm-hmm. podcast, but oh my god. Yeah. At, at a certain extent, like when you see these like mackerel uh, swarms of of fish and all this stuff, where like literally there are hundreds of thousands of them. And every single one just gets eaten. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. oh, oh my God, like the circle <laughs> of life is so ruthless. But dude, you know, I was watching like, Planet Earth too. Uh huh. It is the same thing, dude. There's this thing yeah. about these little lizards being born on these beaches and then these racer snakes chase after them. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god, I'm watching a freaking creature die right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, well, that's the thing. Allie is like getting to the point where she's like, oh my god, how many of these swarms of fish, I don't know, or schools of fish do we get to see that's just like completely decimated? Like we're watching a <laughs> holocaust here. Like, Pretty much. Like what, why are we watching this again? We know this happens and we can't really do anything about it. And it's yeah. basically just how nature works. Like, yeah. like basically but- – and do you they, begrudge the animal that eats those fish? Well, I know. That's the thing. It becomes this it, – it, nothing is black and white because, you know, like we, were, we saw this thing where it's like, you know, the polar bear is hunting these baby seals that are like, you know, hiding out in these little ice holes or whatever. And it's right. like you feel so bad for the little baby seal, but then you look on the other side and it's a, a mother polar bear whose cub is starving. Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, what do you what do you actually feel here? I guess you can't really feel right. anything cuz it's just the way of 
of nature. Right. But I guess my argument is that people have a people have much more of a choice. Right? Like yeah. we we're herbivores for one thing, and we don't have to we don't have to go down the path that we are where we just like you said, like mass farm these or oh yeah, sorry. That's what I meant. Omnivores, not herbivores. But we can be herbivores if we want to, right? Right, exactly. Um, but yeah, we don't, uh, my opinion is we don't really need to do these things that we're doing with uh, huge farms, not giving animals enough space to, to do really anything except use them as a commodity. Like, yeah, I think that's pretty messed up. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, but like, uh, but yeah, it always comes down to like, you know, that term, that idea of like happiness and stuff that was talked about in sapiens. And, yeah. And yeah, we have a choice. Animals don't. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's like this. I mean, you know, you guys want to be vegan, but <laughs> let's just say you guys weren't thinking clearly or something. Right. And you go, well, we're, our house is a hundred percent vegan. We feed our cats vegan. No, that doesn't yeah, work. I it know. doesn't work. They're a hundred percent carnivores. They mm-hmm. shouldn't have grains. They shouldn't have vegetables in their diet like a lot right. of these cat foods have. Mm-hmm. But all the cat foods have animal products. There's no escaping that because they know. have to have it or they die. Yeah, <laughs> that's why like a lot of like quote unquote true vegans don't actually own pets. Cause yeah, well, they, hey, you know. there's a lot of dumb things that people do, and that's one of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I I have a joke on stage two about a scarf I have that's made out of bamboo and about how it's 100% vegan. <laughs> oh, my God. People love it. They uh, eat it you're you're uh, perpetuating the, the stereotype, Rhett, you bastard. No, I'm not. When people... When but, people don't have to announce to the world I know. that, like, they have ethically sourced, you know, clothes and things like this. It's like, yeah. I don't know. There's just, there's there's such a thing as, I, I can't remember it. I read it. I read an article the other day about basically this idea of doing things and then a telling the world about it so that they know that you're doing something good. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, because you want the perception of right. being a good person. Right. We talk, And those yeah. people are actually, like, way more narcissistic than most. Oh, yeah. Like, but there's don't do so st- many. Don't do something because you want other people to notice. Right. Like, do it, do it for yourself. And, like, that's basically become my philosophy over the mm-hmm. years is basically, like, if people aren't doing harm, then, like, just leave matter. them the fuck alone. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, there are, there's definitely things that piss me off and like i think that other people should do differently like especially when it comes to like pollution and like littering and i mean honestly like i yeah i don't want to go down that road i guess i don't think other people should eat animals but that's also different (laughs) i'm not gonna say that and like tell you you can't eat animals kind of a thing right you know like obviously if i if i thought otherwise than that then i wouldn't be not eating animals myself right mm-hmm. but but yeah like i'm not going to do anything to change how other people live it's kind of the same thing about like gay marriage or like whatever you know like don't don't pass laws that are going to like force people to be a certain way i think yeah. that's pretty damn stupid yeah so. It's all interesting. Life's just a weird... As Captain Jean-Luc Picard says, Taylor, life is an exercise in making exceptions. Mm-hmm. That's what I... That's like we were saying. It's not black and white. And if you try to paint anything in black and white, then you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. And it always comes out like, yeah, it just makes you look like a huge ass, you know? Y- yeah, you look like a closed-minded, like ignorant piece of shit basically yeah so or somebody who's got like half the information required you know it's just yeah it's ridiculous well, and we yeah. never have we never have all the information you just got to take the information you know kind of like you said about like plants having feelings or whatever like we don't really right. know that so we got to just right. make an educated decision on what we do but right. i think there's also kind of come a out like what do you do you yeah, don't change. You like, can't really okay, do anything. Okay, now we can I only guess. start eating synthesized. Like, yeah. well, <laughs> you know. that's coming in the future, dude. What about lab-grown meat? You know, at, I've had had this conversation with a bunch of people, 
at this point, I'm honestly like grossed out by meat. So I think it's a great idea because then it's like satisfies the meat eaters um, without having to like right. slaughter and, animals. And that, and that was but... my question. That, that was my question is so – and, you know, I think we've established you, you believe it's unethical to eat animals. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when there's other options available, I guess yeah. uh, would be the addendum to that. Right. Uh, but do you think it's ethical to eat lab-grown meat? I think so. Nice. Because, See, that, yeah. this is a perfect example of like you know reasonable, uh, you know reasonable expectations on life. Yeah. You know? Well, because like you're <laughs> not going to change everybody's minds, and like honestly, there are certain cultures that that's like just a huge part of how they live their lives is eating, you know, like eating different types of meat or types of animals or, you know, yeah. even like, even the, the process of like slaughtering an animal, I guess is probably part of some other cultures, but so you're not going to change everybody's minds. But if you get to a point where we don't have these giant farms, just yeah. like making the experience of those animals hell, you know, yeah. Like well, that's, that's what we kind need to where, do away with. And so that's yeah. where that meat, the synthetically grown meat comes in. So, yeah, exactly. And see, and I, and I do, I do kind of, uh, well, I do a hundred percent agree that factory farming meat is totally unethical and the way they mm-hmm. go about it is unethical. And not only that, it's dangerous for humanity. The fact that we pump these creatures full of antibiotics. Right. It's, yeah. I mean, that's the next great threat that we face as a species, right. I believe, well, is antibiotic resistance mm-hmm. and Oh yeah, for sure. I think that I think cultures that go and you know, let's say they hunt, you know, maybe it's like a nomadic culture. There's a few of them still around. Don't argue with me thus on this listener. There's a few. <laughs> I've seen TV, yeah. and uh, <laughs> you know, they go out and they hunt this animal and then they bring it back and they eat it. Like that's there's a difference in being like attached, right? Or not attached, but being um, a part of that cycle, right? Like you're doing this thing with your hands and you're like inside of, you're a link in this chain. You're not outside yeah. the chain, harvesting the chain, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're a, a part of it. And when you're fishing or you're hunting or something like that, like mm-hmm. you're a lot more aware of what you're doing. And there's also very little chance that you're going to do so on such a grand scale that you're going to fuck everything up. Right. I mean, it's still kind of weird, but yeah, I mean, that's why well, I don't hunt. <laughs> yeah uh same same thing goes with the ocean though like all but this it all is linked to everything we've kind of been talking about which is you know pollution and just being ethical overall we have so much plastic in the ocean and like you said i think a couple episodes ago that's all getting put into our food sources it's messing with the whole ecosystem We're we're eating that stuff which is terrible you know yeah so, so enough with this circle jerk. Uh, let's move on to something else. <laughs> yeah, fifty minutes in, we're like, oh, this is gonna be short. Yeah, we kind of uh, went a lot in circles there. So, sorry, listener, this is yeah. a unique episode. But, uh, yeah, yesterday, dude. So I know a lot of people don't give a shit, but I have another podcast, Chaotic Amateurs, in which we play Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. Hey, Crimson Octopus, guess what? Fifth Edition's okay. uh just kidding i was just teasing you because i know you're not a big fan of it but um dude man some of these latest sessions we've been having have just been freaking mind-boggling oh yeah so fun and yesterday was no exception man i mean every session we've had with our new dungeon master bentley michaels i gotta hand it to him he is kicking ass (laughs) i was really hesitant to uh give him the reins when i was Uh dm uh, but dude, he's just killing it. And every session has been unique. Every session has been kind of not self-contained because, I mean, they're not necessarily self-contained, but just a, a new vibe, you know, a new feeling. You know, we had the episode w- that was us solving puzzles and solving riddles. Or, I oh, mean, the session. Cool. And it yeah. was like a, it was like a, uh, uh, an arc of episodes that were riddles and puzzle solving. Then we had the arc that was kind of like, it, it was kind of on rails a little bit. And it was all RP heavy. You know, we're making choices. We're, f- and we're developing story. Then we had the one where, um, it's like super fight heavy. We're fighting our way out of this thing. And then we had the one where, 
okay, now it's a little bit more open-ended. We have to make choices and we have to follow them through and we have to deal with the consequences. Then we had a whole series of episodes that was like a chase scene. You know, we're running from the enemy because we're trying to, you know, we're trying to get ahead of the problem so that we can solve it. And now, and then the new one, it was all, all like skill challenges and stuff. We had, we got ahead of the enemy and we had a time to break and we're with some allies of ours and, and, and now they want to, you know, they want to see what our team is capable of. So we're doing some like basically training montages, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but man, our latest episode, I got to say, it ended in such a way that our choice is caught up with us and the world is changed forever. And there's like nothing oh. we can do about it. And Damn. I, we ended that episode and I was just like, my jaw dropped. I was like, no, we made the wrong choices. <laughs> And I felt so shitty because I was like so adamant that like my way was the right way, but my way caused the problem to be even worse. <laughs> I've never got done playing Dungeons and Dragons and felt that way ever. That's funny, dude. And that's happened multiple times where we get done and I'm like, what? <laughs> what did I do? Like, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons as a player and literally felt there, – there was a couple episodes or a couple sessions where – I felt really, really helpless. And I was actually worried, was my character going to die? You know? (laughs) And I was like, there's nothing I can do except, I guess, go along with this and just wait for the opportunity. And then this episode was, well, we have the opportunity. I have to take it. And then I I really steered the team into making my choice. And And it was wrong. (laughs) It was wrong. I mean, we'll see. All All of our allies are dead. Damn. And the world has changed. We basically, <laughs> to sum it up, I mean, if anybody's interested, go go listen to some of this stuff. This isn't out yet. This episode's not out yet, but it will be. And if you like Dungeons and Dragons and you like playthroughs, like maybe you guys like this podcast. And I'm not saying go listen to the podcast or else. <laughs> but, you know, whoops. <laughs> oh, excuse me. But it's, um, <laughs> there's just so much to unpack that I can't unpack in the short amount of time we have left. Yeah. So. You know, you guys can listen to it and get a better vibe. But uh, basically, you know, to give you guys just, we have this mad emperor who is working to bring back kind of this old power in the world. And my character is tied to a bloodline that is pretty much, I guess, historically speaking, the only bloodline. There's like magic in it, I guess, that can stop this evil that he's summoning. And so, you know, I hook up with this adventuring party. We go around trying to do all this stuff. They capture us to bring back the evil magic. So, yeah, hello, I'm responsible for bringing back the evil magic that I'm supposed to stop. But we escape. We go into hiding. And eventually, where they catch up with us, they found us. And just like in a movie, you know, they're like, hide, go hide over here. We have this hiding spot. Well, we go in and hide in there. but And it's like a little pocket dimension. But time flows differently. It's time dilation. We come out a year later. Oh, snap. (laughs) And all of our allies are dead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it's just fun, man. It kind of – it's interesting because, you know, I don't know. I don't know where I was going to go with that, but – Well, hey – Sounds like you're having a good time. I probably should listen to some chaotic amateurs because I haven't listened for a long time. You might but... get a kick out of it, man. It's fun. And these yeah. new episodes, season two, mm-hmm. completely fresh. If you guys don't want to start at season one, you don't have to. We have some carryover stuff. It takes place in the same world, but like we're in a new continent. Um, and uh, it's fun, man. We got a whole new team of players, including me. I was the DM. And got some new characters, new interactions. And it's just so... The, the storyline, I feel like, is really fun and fleshed out. And Bentley, as a professional voice actor, DMing oh, yeah. dude, he's got some real fleshed <laughs> out voices that are just they just enrich the experience. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're having fun. Yeah, man. It's just, oh, it's just fun. And, you know, gaming is fun in general. It you know? is, yeah. So? Yeah. But. Totally. Uh... Speaking of games, I guess, I want to start playing more games. I started playing uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown, which I know I've 
I I've had for a long time. I bought it like the week it came out or something. Have you and never I played, played it? No, I played for a little while, like three hours or something. But uh, yeah, I started picking that up again, playing it. It's yeah. fun. I like I like turn-based games, like turn-based strategy games. I think it's part of the reason I really enjoy um, Divinity. Yeah, uh, original sin is because it's an RPG, but it also has kind of like the turn-based strategy involved, which is just so fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. All of those turn-based style games are fun. Those are my favorite games. Yeah. I think uh, it's kind of getting to that point for me, Nights, too. KOTOR. Oh, is Neverwinter Nights like that? Well, I don't know if it's exactly like Divinity, but it is turn-based. Yeah, it's turn-based D- D20 Dungeons & Dragons. Okay, cool. And so everything happens in a series of turns and behind-the-scenes random number generation. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I should check it out. I know Dude, I played no. it. No, I played it a long time ago, but I barely remember it. It was oh, like the dude, same time should... I was playing like uh, Diablo 2 or something. Dude, we should go through and uh, do a Neverwinter campaign together. I'd fucking... That'd be cool. Oh, Is that on girl. Steam? Uh, uh, no, but it's edition. available on good old games. They have the Enhanced Edition. Oh, on Steam they uh, do? Or... Oh, it's coming out in eight days. Oh, how about that? That might be a sign. <laughs> Dude, right? <laughs> cool. I'm going to add yeah. that to my wish list. Yeah, man. Yeah, we might have to play that. Yeah, Dude, there we go. A... We play Neverwinter and we stream it. Oh, Ooh, I'd do that. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Might be kind of boring sometimes, but... It's okay. I know. It's fun, today, today in Divinity, I was playing with Danny and I was leveling up one of my characters. And we got this uh, a point to put into traits. And there's like, you know, 50 traits you have to read through. And I sat yeah. there and I, I read like every single one and it was like <laughs> it was like 20 or 30 minutes of me just like looking through it. I'm like, I'm sorry, Danny, this is taking so long. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, whatever. Dude, speaking so. of too, man, you'd like Pillars of Creation. It's turn-based, like, you know, RPG. Pillars of Eternity? Or, God, why? Did I say Pillars of Creation? That's a shame. Yeah. Book. Pillars of Eternity, yeah. I, I have it installed. I have six hours into it. I need to yeah. go through and finish Keep it. Keep playing it, dude. That's easily the best RPG I've played recently. So good. Yeah. Yeah, so dude. good. And the best part is, is that you don't have to grind. Like, oh, you yeah. get more. We talked about this before yeah, we did. on the podcast as part of like design elements, but it's, yeah, yeah the, the design choice they made was it, the storyline and quests and stuff progressed your character faster than grinding and fighting. Yeah. Um, well, that's kind of one of my goals. Um, even if I only get through like two or three games this year, I want to go through and beat some of these games that have been in my inventory or my, yeah. my library for a long time. Dude, XCOM, so. is, XCOM is easily in my top 10 games. It's so really? fun. Yeah, well, it's what's, so fun. What's really cool about it, at least so far, and I, I've, I'm not as far as I was when I first started, but I've forgotten a lot. I forgot that the enemies can kill you in one hit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, damn. I mean, I guess I really am. Like, we're, we're both packing the punch of these guns that we have, you know? Yeah. I mean, until so. you until you research better armor and stuff. Yeah. Oh, true. And then, yeah. And you research better guns. And that's, that's my favorite part about that game is that it, it's the persistence. It's this idea that you are waging a campaign against this invasion yeah. and you have a base which right. you spend money and you make choices on what to build yeah. and what to spend money on researching. And then you have choices on how you react to the invasion. Mm-hmm. And maybe you go here to do this or you go here to do this. And that has different different rewards for each one and different risk levels for each one and sometimes you got to balance like the chaos right like yeah you can't let too many countries just go under because right. then you lose yeah see it reminds me of uh um pandemic yeah as well which is cool yeah yeah the world map for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that idea yeah. it's uh easily one of my favorites i haven't played xcom 2 yet but i have it and oh, I think cool. I'll start playing it. I'll start playing it at my new house when I actually can set up my desktop computer. Yeah. And actually play games that take power. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, dude, XCOM's so fun. We should play multiplayer sometime. We should. It's the fun. Funny, the funny thing is, I played it with this guy like uh, that rando? I used to work with. Oh. No, I, I played it with him like the week that I bought it, and he just like stomped me down so hard. And after that, I stopped playing. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, because you probably didn't know a lot of no, I didn't. Like, well, a and the I strategy, know, but, but b yeah. also setting up your squad, right? 
You know, there's a lot that goes into choosing your squad. Me and Jason do it all the time. Or yeah. we used to, sorry, not currently. But yeah. when we were both playing, we played multiplayer all the, several nights a week. Cool. Yeah, I'd be down for getting something like that started. We, we need to do that. I need to play yeah. more games. It's fun. I will say uh, it does take away a little bit of the charm of single player. Like yeah. seeing what kind of research there is. Because in multiplayer, you can just be like, oh, I want all this stuff. And then you're like, what? That's in the game? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then it kind of takes away the charm of discovering it on your own. But it's still yeah. really fun. Sure. Totally, dude. Well, we're going to have to play some Neverwinter. We're going to have to play some uh, XCOM. Yeah. Let's talk about... I'm down to set up a Neverwinter campaign because I've been wanting to go through some D- some old school D&D games and Neverwinter is my favorite, so... Yeah. Cool. Um, so let's talk about that off the air sometime. Okay. And figure it out. But yeah, guys, I think that we're kind of up against the clock, so I think we're going to let it go. Sorry, this is a unique episode. Um, yeah, now you guys fun, can all criticize me for being vegan. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, there's not there's nothing to criticize unless you want to be a douche about it. You know, it's yeah. like if you want to be like, well, this is the only choice, and if you don't make it, then you're a monster. Then no. yeah, people are gonna be mad at you. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. But I think the way you presented it was completely fine. So good. Yeah, I try to be logical yeah. in all things that I do, but sometimes you fail. What? I fail when you're logic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you joking. fail, right? <laughs> Dad jokes incoming. <laughs> Take cover. Right. Anyways, oh, we really appreciate you guys sticking with us this episode, and uh, yeah, appreciate you sticking with us through our through our entire one year. Mm. We're really excited about the second year. Mm-hmm. We're and we're excited to get things kind of back on track for normal. We've had two kind of unique episodes that really didn't touch on game dev at all. And that's just because we're, you know, committed to providing a podcast once once a week. And to do that, we had to, you know, we had to take it on the chin for this one. So Well, and we're not like uh, Coffee with Butterscotch where they literally worked on game dev the entire week, every week. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so half the time it's just us BSing, but that's that's what it's all about, man. Yeah, well, they BS like nonstop. Too. Oh, I don't do. even I listen know. to them for game dev. I listen to them for their right, their <laughs> bullshitting because they're so funny. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. But, Anyways, yeah, you guys can uh, hit us up on Twitter. We are at Game Devs Quest. You can email us gdq at airpodcast dot com. You can like us on Facebook, Facebook dot com slash airpodcast. Um, also, if you want to join the Discord server, we are bit dot ly gdq or, discord. Yep bit.ly forward slash gdq discord if you would like to support us on humble bundle they have all sorts of great bundles right now uh including book bundles that are just phenomenal they got lots of raspberry pi arduino projects coding books um other stuff like that and they're constantly rotating out their bundles so if you want to keep up with it and see what's what then you can support us with your purchase by using our link which is uh you can use bit.ly forward slash gdq humble and if you you if you make any purchase with that link within 24 hours uh, a small portion of that goes to help support this podcast to help support our discord community uh, and support all of our game dev and educational endeavors mm-hmm. anything else to add before we sign off i think that's it thanks so I much think for listening guys it. thanks guys hey cute that music oh yeah